I knew the guys there. And at the time, they offered me to be kind of like the boat bitch. And I don't know, can we swear on here? <laughs> I got to spend hours and hours with whales and dolphins and meet people from around the world, all walks of life. So it's like you're in an aquarium at night, one o'clock in the morning, pitch black. You're seeing sharks swim underneath you. And then all of a sudden, these massive manta rays just swim into the picture. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. The ocean's like very romanticized a lot. No one really truly knows how to harness its power. You know, it's kind of like, like you just, you can feel the energy of it. I know that sounds kind of out there, but it's just something that I think everyone knows. This is Captain Zach Rollins from Along the Keel, and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. Our culture needs people that are leaders and not people that are waiting for somebody else to show them how to do it. Those fields of tofu, that was formerly habitat for wildlife. You're killing off wildlife by being a vegetarian just as much as a hunter when he kills a deer. I'm like, well, you see that bush right there? (laughs) There's your bathroom. (laughs) My dad wears a Levi jacket. He sits in front of a sagebrush and he tells me the best camo is hold still. Not to Donnie Vincent this, but be relentless in everything you do. Don't crap out. Go back to the truck with excuses or whatever. Okay, assume I get a deer. How do I cut it up to fit into a Honda Civic? Just get outside. Just get outside and go. Because once you do, it's all gravy from there. Hey, this is Zach Griffith. This is Hannah Barron. This is Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. Hey, guys, this is Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast. What's up, guys? This is Chad Mendez. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. No, so a Montana thirst trap is me standing in front of my barn talking about how, you know, I'm just looking for a woman that wants to move to a ranch and start a family and raise animals. And it's, you know, dramatic music playing in the, exactly, you know, dramatic music playing in the background. (laughs) And, uh, um, and then all of the like middle-aged women that are obsessed with Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking tens of thousands of views and comments, like, Mm. Mm. TikTok is a weird ass place, man. <laughs> it's so weird. We're gonna we're gonna keep talking about social media all day long. I should probably introduce the podcast, but I kind of like I might have to start doing the the whole. I call this the meat eater method, where you just kind of start the podcast in the, the middle pre-show. of the conversation, like the yeah. you get a little pre show. So I think maybe I'm gonna have to start doing this. You know, a little little intro, but <laughs> um, I have I have just started, and only by like. I guess by association have I started to be like, all right, maybe I should start a TikTok, and I and I did. I don't, I don't get it still. I, I, and it's funny, like I don't actually like on Instagram, right? Like I think it's because I've been using it for so long. You know, I use it for like all the biz, the businesses and whatnot, yeah. and 
But then I actually use it personally. Like we'll scroll through and, you know, whenever I have some downtime, just check other people's stuff out on TikTok. I literally will make a post and leave and that's it. Dude, I, there have been days. So TikTok has this thing where if you scroll for too long, Mm -hmm. they have like basically, I call them interdiction videos or uh, where it is. It's like made by TikTok, by employees of TikTok. And it'll pop up and be like, hey, I know there's lots of great videos on TikTok, but don't you think you've been scrolling? It's they're like super condescending. Seriously? Yeah. It's like maybe you should, (laughs) maybe you should, you know, get some sleep or go out, you know, depending on the time of day too, it changes. It's like maybe you should get some sleep or maybe you should go outside and enjoy the sun for a bit or, you know, maybe, maybe you should go grab a meal with some friends or, you know, it's like, and they're just super condescending. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, TikTok. If I've been scrolling for this long, <laughs> they like, if I've been scrolling for this long, I don't need you judging me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've already got some shit going on. <laughs> yeah, like, TikTok, hold, hold, hold your steam. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing me. Don't tell me what to do. I, don't tell me what to do. The only reason I've been scrolling is because I can't get to sleep right now. So stop, <laughs> stop re- reinforcing the fact that that's just rubbing it in. Dude, it sounds like it's from like a, like a post up, you know, like those wicked future, like Blade Runner, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you'd see something out of Blade Runner if they're like telling you, well, maybe you should do this or buy my blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the more and more social gets more mainstream, that's the way <laughs> things are going. It's wild. It's weird, man. Yeah. TikTok's a weird place. I, I mean, I, the nice thing about it, and I tell everyone like it, my employees uh, for my marketing business, because uh, I do you know the mm-hmm. digital marketing business for the outdoor industry. That's what right. pays the bills on the side. Mm-hmm. That I have employees for, and they're social guys. They're younger, and they were on my ass about starting a TikTok. They're like, Sam, mm-hmm. if you want to grow the brand, this is where you need to be. And I'm like, I'm at the time I was like, I'm a 37 year old dude, like. I do not need to be on TikTok. I was super grumpy old man about it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, they kept badgering me. So I started one. And I was just like, you can tell if you look at my very first ones, it, it's like begrudging. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're awkward. <laughs> and then I kind of started to figure it out. And, you know, I, I was trying to stick in the hunting and fishing and yeah. outdoors realm for the brand. But then I started figuring out a little bit more of the, of the algorithm, if you will, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and how to, how to do it. And I just, at this point, it's just like whatever gets views. Cause then it sends people to my other platforms mm-hmm. where I really promote the brand, where I like, where Instagram, where I'm heavily promoting the podcast, mm-hmm. to my Facebook, to my website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got all of these, all of these people following now, like, but it's funny. You look at my, uh, I, I will take this as a compliment. You know, you look at my, <laughs> you look at my stats on Instagram and Facebook and whatever, you know, it's like, yep. it's skewed male, like all right. you know, dudes in the hunting industry, right. You know, that are interested in hunting, fishing, the outdoors. Yep. You look at my TikTok. Is it all women? It's like, <laughs> it's like 75% women. Oh, <laughs> and shit. It's like, it's, there's a lot of thirsty, you know, middle-aged women out there. How are those DMs looking? It's, uh, the nice thing about TikTok is you get to limit who DMs you. Uh, <laughs> very, so you're saying you're saying I should be on TikTok. Closed <laughs> for business on 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 TikTok, but uh, oh, God. let's just say the comments. There's a couple. There's there's some funny ones. Well, well, I'll I'll send you some of my some of my <laughs> good ones. But yeah, 
Um, oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, we're we're so, figuring out TikTok on my end, but it's, it's really just a bunch of randomness. We have honestly like if you do it right and you can figure out kind of get your niche, get your audience, it's mm-hmm. still really easy to build a following. I mean, okay. You know, these days on Instagram, you start a new account, like to get to a thousand followers is a pretty That's big feat. Brutal. It's, it's rough. Even if you have big accounts, right. Sharing what you're doing. Um, Instagram is killing just across the board. They're nerfing anything. That's not a real for one. Yeah. Um, but then they're also coming down hard on hunting and fishing pages. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard. I mean, I know you've probably heard of it. Tons of people are getting canceled. Oh God. Um, yeah. It's, it's bad. Like if you, you know, if you've got a hunting or fishing brand out there and you're not, um, you're not developing your other platforms, you're not building your own communities mm-hmm. that, that you control. You're, you're rolling the dice, man. If you're only right. outlet and I, and, and I trust me, I'm there. It's tough to yeah, <laughs> like totally. I, 90% of my, I mean, short of TikTok, which I'm literally every day on the verge of getting canceled for from, <laughs> um, like I've got the key to eating porcupines. <laughs> dude, we, the, uh, the bloody stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't go on the TikTok anymore, but yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I just posted a video of me picking up roadkill and yeah, I'm curious if it's, that. if it, Oh, did it go that was up? Awesome. I don't know. Was it on TikTok or Instagram? It is on TikTok. Oh, it got up. I was like, so I have a perpetual account warning on my TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've posted enough. It's between, you know, violent content, dangerous acts, or, uh, apparently I'm also an internet bully, which I'm totally fine <laughs> with. I'm a firm believer. We need to bring I'm back Sam. <laughs> oh yeah. Just list. Firm believer, we need to bring back uh, internet bullying, but that's uh, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> conversation for another day. For. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a permanent account warning because I've had so many videos banned yeah. that they're like, your next suspension could result in permanent deletion of your account. And I'm like, shit. So <laughs> Damn, that's coming down heavy. It's They're getting distracted, but y'all, uh, welcome to another episode of the Wild Initiative podcast brought to you as part of the Waypoint Podcast Network. All right, y'all. So hopping into today's episode, uh, I have the one, the only Captain Zachariah. <laughs> is, so should I be calling you Zachariah or Zach? Like, cause I, I feel like you're kind of like me, <laughs> where like I put Samuel on everything I do. Yeah. But I feel really weird when people call me Samuel. Yeah, I would I'm in the same boat because eh, re- I see what you did there. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> along the keel the, in the along same, the keel, uh, boats. Lord. Yeah, Captain. This is um, what I'm gonna get halfway into a beer, and uh, I make jokes like that. You're on point. We're very punny. Very punny guy. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think Zachariah is unique. Where if you put it on something like a business card or website, people are like, oh, that's interesting. They kind of they recognize that, and then. Um, Zach is just seems to be easier in conversation. So yeah, yeah. He usually defaults to Zach, but if I'm in like a like a formal place, I'll I'll, I'll throw Zachariah in there. Yeah. Unless and then I get yelled at and Zachariah comes out. Yeah, I was gonna say the only I'm I'm either in trouble or it's a girl I'm dating. Like those are the <laughs> only two people, like only two situations I can be yep. called Samuel. Same. <laughs> like otherwise Same. I feel really awkward. Mm-hmm. But I still put it, like I said, on all my business cards. I sign up for everything with Samuel. Anyway. Yeah, same thing. But so we have 
the one, the only captain, Zach Collins, <laughs> uh, host of uh, Along the Keel. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm glad we finally, you know, I I, know. I totally kind of bitched out during SHOT Show. Um, <laughs> dude, it was a long day that day. That was rough, dude. I was, I mean, I was doing 10 miles a day in cowboy boots, which is not a smart idea. Dude, I didn't realize how big SHOT Show is. Like being, having gone to ATA, ICAST, and boat shows. Like I've always been to boat shows. Mm-hmm. A SHOT Show takes all those and combines them into one spot and then throws like a tram and a shuttle for another building that's the exact same size. It's it's insane. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like going to the uh, these giant airports where you have to like, you're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm finally in the airport, and mm-hmm. you realize it's going to still take you 45 minutes to get to your actual gate. That's right. what it feels like in Shot Show. You're like, okay, I'm in Shot Show. All right, I'm supposed to supposed to meet this person in 10 minutes, and you realize it's going to take you like half an hour to get across the show to Just where they're to walk at. there. Oh yeah, it's yeah. brutal. <laughs> but it's a cool show. I mean, oh, yeah. you get to see some wild shit, you know, my vision goggles, plastic ammunition, <laughs> like it's, random stuff. You know, and it's it's one of those things where it, is it the most necessary thing probably for either of us to go to SHOT Show? Absolutely not. No, like we can make it relevant, you know, right. find the excuse. It's still a business expense, but yeah. uh it's really, I mean, I think it's so much more about just making those connections just in the industry across the board and right and finding that there's, um, and then just have, it was funny. Cause like I, I was, uh, it was at Rockman bags. It was like, it was it Rockman. Yeah. I think yeah, so. We were, like in front, we were in front of Rockman when we were, when we were chatting. Yeah. And I like, I turned over and it was, I'm like, Sam, what's up, <laughs> dude? What are you doing here? It's like, Zach, what are you doing here? Do you want to do a podcast later? And then like, with all the walking and hotel and all that other oh, yeah. stuff that goes in, I was like, all right, that was we're going to pick this up another day. And I, I totally just, felt the same way. <laughs> that would have been the most useless podcast on earth. <laughs> that would have been me. With brain mush. <laughs> oh yeah. No, there would have been, there would have been nothing good coming out of that, but no, but yeah, man, <laughs> um, I, I tend to focus a lot more, you know, on hunting, you know, I've mm-hmm. done a few fishing episodes. I've even mm-hmm. touched on, a lot more of kind of the the east coast saltwater life a little bit once or once or twice sure um but that's just not really been my focus so i'm excited no. to have you on a, add a little bit of variety a little bit of spice to love spice it. of life right <laughs> but yeah man I'd, I'd love to hear how how are you introduced to all this like what what really got you passionate what got you into the outdoors and and fishing and and oh, the man. captain life, the captain life. Jeez. Um, yeah, man, I would say it all really started when I was, when I was really young, you know, I mean, my parents were both very outdoorsy people. Um, my mom grew up on the water her whole life in the salt ponds here in Rhode Island. My dad was from Massachusetts or is from Massachusetts. And, uh, he grew up fishing with his dad in, uh, in Gloucester, Massachusetts. So, um, they had a, they were a long liners and I don't know if you've seen the movie, the perfect storm before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you know the, the woman who is out fishing with the Andrea Gale? I don't know if you know, Linda Greenlaw it's, is her dude, name. It's been Blurry. so long since I've watched that movie and I'm probably sure. going to end up putting it on tonight after this while I'm having dinner. So it's a great movie. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. Such a good movie. I haven't seen it forever, but uh, so I do not remember that, but yeah. Uh, well, so like they, my dad, they were docked up like 
three slips down or like a few slips down from that boat. So that's like to put in perspective of the type of fishing they were doing was long lining. So swordfish and all sorts of other, you know, a lot of bycatch in that industry. But between them, you know, grew up here in Rhode Island on the water my whole life. I've been working in the industry on the water for God, since I was 10, you know, and just always had a passion for it. Just being able to get on the water, get on the boat, growing up where the backyard is literally Narragansett Bay and very fortunate to have had it that way. It was, you know, it's hard not to love the ocean when you live in Rhode Island, but I've <laughs> been fortunate to grow up here and lived in Florida for a little bit, born in California, moved to Hawaii, lived in Hawaii for a bit. So always was You've been uh, a coastal dude your entire yeah, life. Like yeah. A, yeah, venturing <laughs> inland is a, is a trip. No, although I had the, the one state I've really enjoyed to be at was uh, Montana. And if I ever had to, I mean, that's just, it's hard given. to be. I don't care. That is a a hill I will die on. Montana is the greatest place on earth. Interior. Interior. (laughs) True. true. Um, I will 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 fight just about anyone that that, that wants to argue with me on that one. But yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've, you know, when I was in college, my buddy and I drew, um, you know, I took a little hiatus from the coastline and we went backpacking all through the Western United States. So, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, um, Washington, trying to think of the other states we hit. We kind of just skipped over the Midwest because we don't really, I mean, I don't know, driving through the Midwest gets kind of boring. No offense to anyone listening from the Midwest. Very (laughs) flat and grassy. But once you get to Montana or Wyoming, even the Dakotas were beautiful. And uh, we just backpacked the crap out of it and did that twice, actually. So Got a little bit of a little bit of trail time in my in my blood, but mostly all by the coast, fishing, being captain, working on the water, managing marinas. Like it's just like a part of me, you know. It's hard to get away from. And even today, like although some of my time is now spent in the office, it's still like I look out. I'm like, eh, I think I'm gonna go do this on the weekend, <laughs> and I'm gonna go work on the water. Like I don't know, it's that's, it's in my blood. That's the tough thing about like working from home for me. Mm-hmm. is i'm sitting here and like i love working on my property here mm-hmm. you know like i just love doing that and it's a good thing and a bad thing because you know it's i run my own business so i can work on i can work on weekends i can work in the evenings and the yeah, morning whenever want. i want and take time off so it, it's a good thing in that it breaks up my work day but it's a bad thing in that i i would probably go get distracted be out there all right. day long without paying my bills but you know i'm I'm staring there <laughs> and i'm like looking out and i'm I'm seeing that pile of wood right now. And I'm like, man, I need to get the chainsaw and, and <laughs> cut that up and, and start that thing prep <laughs> for winter. You know, we're getting, we're coming into fall here and right. Uh, Don't weather, say that. Come on, man. Weather's going to start turning, man. I, I know some... you're a summer guy. So here's the difference right here. Here's the difference. <laughs> it's like, we're in, we're, this is your rut right now. This is your right. like rut season mm-hmm. for, you know, for, for us in a, in a few weeks, uh, like or in a few, uh, I guess yeah. Actually, shoot, just a few weeks, man. Oh, come on, I am so not ready for hunting season. <laughs> like I'm ready, but I'm not ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just in a few weeks, like suddenly we're hitting hitting fall and we're kicking I off know. hunting season. And <sighs> uh, you guys probably start. <laughs> but okay, so here's the thing: don't isn't isn't like November though the prime time for like certain like marlin and stuff like that. Well, so I'm not, I don't do a whole bunch of like, that's like very pelagic 
blue water fishing. I'm more, okay. I stay um, just because I'm limited by my boat. So I'm more like in, a little bit of inshore, some offshore. When I go with buddies to go tuna fishing, we'll go, we'll, we'll go try and get some marlin. When I was in Hawaii, that was like the fish of choice. I mean, people eat marlin out there, okay. which here on the East Coast, it's very kind of, mm, people just don't do it. It's kind of like sacrilegious. But, you know, I will say the best time of year to be on the water here in Rhode Island is definitely the fall. You know, like, yeah, it's wild. Like September rolls around the, uh, the, the fisheries change a little bit. You know, you get those fall time stripers. They start to come up into the bay again. You get, you know, the, the bluefin tuna come back in a little bit closer, the striped bass, the satog. Then you get false albacore that come real close, which are, awesome like so much fun to go catch bonita and then you know just kind of tapers off from there and then tatogging is like a culture around here so come fall like you're bundled up and you're going fishing so it's it's fun i will say dude this is whole like a whole <laughs> different language than i i am ever used <laughs> to speaking on here like i, I swear i maybe understanding like one out of three words like that's i'm like right. i know that's probably a fish i'm guessing mm, but so, yeah. so i'm Curious now because I know probably there's people listening that are like also the same thing like what the, <laughs> what the hell right. is this dude talking about? So you mentioned pelagic like yeah. fishing versus like pelagic blue water fishing versus mm-hmm. necessarily what you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe explain a little bit those like the different types of because I think especially like dudes out west are probably like yeah there's saltwater fishing. You go out on a boat with a big rod with one of those little waistbands that looks like a weird <laughs> penis and um you know that you put the fishing pole in and and you you rip out big ass fish out of the water like that's that's it's all the same thing (laughs) (laughs) which you know and i know it's not but i i think it's like when you're not invested in something like that you you kind of just group it all together so i'm curious like the different experience types of fishing out there man well i think um you know having done a lot of fishing here in rhode island you can kind of break it up into a few categories. So like you have uh, shore casting, which is you get a massive rod, you know, a big old spinning reel, and you're just throwing a plug on it usually, and you're going off a beach or off a jetty. And then inshore fishing, um, which is usually on a boat or a kayak or a dinghy. Some guys go out on the dory. And then you have like offshore fishing or blue water pelagic, like depending on how far you want to go out. And I think offshore, I mean, I mean, I get really into detail. Like I went to school for Marine Affairs from the University of Rhode Island. So there's like state water, territorial sea, the non-contiguous sea. And then you also have the EEZ, which goes out to 200 miles of so the continental shelf. So that's like how all economies measure what, um, what water they have access to and their resources. So basically, if you want to consider offshore, I would say like if you're in you know, 10 miles or so offshore, if you want to do a blanket statement, but it all depends, you know, it all depends on where you are in the U S like that might be different when you're in the Carolinas, but here in Rhode Island, it, it quite could be to some people, but I also think it probably boils down to perspective too. So most of the time in my eyes, I probably categorize it by the type of fish you're fishing for. So striper, you know, fluke, which is like a flounder, you know, fluke flounder, bluefish, those are probably all inshore fish. And then pelagic would be like your, you know, your white and blue marlin, your tuna, your, your mahi. I mean, all these fish sometimes will come closer, but those are like pelagic fish. Okay. Yeah. 
I just, I just like had the biggest lesson right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no expert, but like, that's how I've perceived it and whatnot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, let's face compared to me, you're an absolute <laughs> <laughs> expert when it, when it comes to this. Um, I've got a, I've got a buddy, a, a former guest on the podcast too, who oh, actually yeah? owes me a, owes me a trip, uh salt trip out in Florida. Oh, where? Uh, I forget exactly where he is but he promised me a marlin that's a big promise i need i i helped him out with his website when uh <laughs> he got he got screwed over and his uh the company that was working on his website screwed him out of a lot of money yeah and uh afterwards he was asking me for help he's like dude i'll, I'll hook you up man i'll take you out for a marlin and an osceola <laughs> turkey and we'll do some hog hunting and some gator hunting i'm like well damn let's just let's just see if we can get one of those and i yeah you know. yeah, yeah that's two out of three <laughs> one yeah. out of three yeah, let's, let's not overpromise here. Uh, right, right. Where in Florida was it? Do you know? I damned if I remembered it. Like I, I forget where he's at off the top. You of gotta my head. hit him up, man. You that's know, that's gotta, a big. That's a it's, big. It's charter. been one of those things, but it's like tough because you know he's. We're talking November. We're talking right. like come fall, and we want to be out there. And for me, that's like that's season. I, that's let's face season. it. I probably haven't filled my elk tag and come September, and so I'm like <laughs> grabbing my rifle and going out in October, mm-hmm. November. And actually, this year I've got a buddy who's going on a who drew a bison hunt, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag along for that. that. Man. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. gonna be badass. with that. Um, <laughs> and anybody that's listening that is in the Bozeman area, uh, it's gonna be south uh, down south. Uh, I think in I think it's the West Yellowstone hunt. Mm-hmm. That wants to help on a bison hunt. We need eyeballs. So just throwing that out there for anyone. Oh well, I'll I'll I catch mean, a flight. Shoot, come on out, grab your pack and your boots, and <laughs> I'd be down. We, we definitely need more eyeballs. We'll talk about this afterwards, man. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I got asked by a fellow coworker. He's like, Yeah, well, yeah, you can come on the elk hunt. I mean, you could be the pack guy. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, great. Yeah. Leave it, leave, leave Zach the pack mule job. <laughs> I was gonna say you go on like elk. Like, I mean, elk aren't too bad. You know, you're gonna take a few trips, especially if you're solo. That's it's gonna be a long day, but mm-hmm. you know, you're fine. But like you get up to like moose and bison, you That's just need animal. bodies, man. You, you like you team. you need you need either an ATV or some dudes with packs. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that is a thousand plus pound animal. It is insane, man. Uh, but all the meat, man. Oh my god, that's burgers for days. Oh yeah. So that <laughs> suffice to say, it's a little hard for me to get away in November, and it's kind of. I mean, we're talking like it's been four years <laughs> since since this and i haven't taken him up on it so i may have uh i may have reached the expiration date on the offer at this point (laughs) if we're being honest (laughs) whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt at midwayusa.com we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns advanced scent control technologies and weatherproof options to withstand the elements Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yeah. So, mate, you know, you were kind of talking like you've been working on a boat since you were what, like 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What jobs was, do you do on a boat as a, uh, like a, as a, a fishing boat as a 10 year old? So my first job, I mean, I've always I've always been working like it's just something that I I enjoy work. Uh, I mean, I would make 
like I would go chop wood in the backyard and just make up work. And when I got the opportunity of like, all right, now you're old enough to go get a job. Um, there's a towboat company here called Safe Sea. And Safe Sea is basically, think about it as AAA in the water. So okay. someone breaks down, they need help, they're sinking, they're on fire, like all this other stuff. You can be a member and then they will go out and get you. You know, whether it's giving you some extra fuel, giving you a, a jump start, or if your boat's sinking, putting pumps on and rescuing you. So at 10, um, I I decided like I want to go get a job. And I knew the guys there. And at the time they offered me to be kind of like the boat, kind of like the boat bitch. And I don't know. Can we swear <laughs> on here? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, basically was washing boats, changing oil, figuring things out, you know, got to learn a lot from, uh, captain, uh, Andy. And it was funny cause, uh, I was sitting in Wickford over here and getting a cup of coffee, having a meeting and guess who walks up is captain Andy. And I've known Andy since I was 10, you know, and it's just been, and then I became a captain and now he, and I worked actually for the, the competitor company for a little while too. So we'd always bullshit and kind of like make fun of each other and whatnot. And he's just a great dude, but um, yeah, was washing boats and then decided like, all right, well, I'm going to go work at a Marina, worked at a Marina on it, started to kind of manage the place in high school and whatnot. And then, Come college, I was like, you know what? And then I worked at a boatyard, um, washing sand and bottoms and doing restorations. We restored this old uh, 21 Indian sailing vessel, which was awesome. Built boats, like everything in between. Pretty much anything from building a boat to taking care of a boat to breaking it down <laughs> and then running it. I mean, everything I've been able to have my hands on in some form or fashion. So, you know, you mentioned becoming a captain. So, mm -hmm. so here's the big question. Like, is there like an official, like becoming a captain or is it just Ceremony? like, yeah. I, I bought a boat <laughs> and now I'm a, I bought a boat and a hat and now I'm a captain. I've got a, well, I've got a pipe. <laughs> that's all you get. Uh, if you have a beard, you automatically become a captain. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, we, mustache, we can, we can work with that. We've had, okay. So I gotta, we, there's this picture that we used to have, like at the house I grew up in, mm -hmm. it lived over our fireplace. Uh, now I think it lives in like the office at my parents' place, but it, uh, it's just this like old painting of this like grizzled captain, you know, with <laughs> like the generic captain with like the yellow sl uh, slicker or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's either like a blue or yellow slicker and the hat mm -hmm. and the white beard and the pipe. And we used to make up stories all about how that was like my great grandfather and he was <laughs> with guests that would come and, back to the house. Oh yeah. Everybody would ask oh, me like, Oh yeah, that's, that's great grandpa. Yeah. And this and that. <laughs> so the hat is called a sow'wester. Okay, yeah. sow'wester. Sow'wester. Yeah, I'm learning yep. things on this. Look podcast. at that. Look I at love that. it. How do you how do you spell that? Uh, S o u w e s t r. I want to say. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. I wasn't that good at. Oh, like a like a an abbreviated version of southwestern, like a I, southwesterner. Or so. At least, like, because it's. I'm looking at it now. It's like uh, S O U apostrophe Wester. Oh, did I spell it right? Yeah, you spelled it right. Oh hell yeah! Look at that. <laughs> yeah, a sou'wester is a traditional form of a collapsible oilskin rain hat that is yeah uh, longer in the back to protect the neck fully. There you According go. to Wikipedia here. Yeah, Wikipedia is always right. Yeah, and the rest of like your gear. So from like the neck neck down. You got bibs, which are or or oilers, um, and then your your oil. Well, oilers are basically like the jacket and the bibs, and then obviously you know most guys wear boots. 
depending on the day. But <laughs> that's the old school captain right there. No, but I mean, to get a captain's license, most people are like, you know, they'll they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a captain. I go, yeah, like, what's your license? And they go, oh, well, you know, I just like the regular one. I go, okay, all right. <laughs> different. Say I, I respect it, but like different. Because, I mean, you can go get your um, your boating license yeah. from the state, right? You take a course and then all of a sudden you're a captain. Yay. All right. <laughs> But I mean, for anyone that wants to run a boat and get paid, that's when you actually have to get a your your license, your uh, your mer- your uh, national maritime credential, your NMC, and that basically means that you can get paid to run a boat and have passengers. So there's like a six pack, which is you can have six people on boat on the boat, and it can't be. Um, I can't have a certificate of, inf- of inspection and a COI basically means that you have to have your, your master's license. So it goes 25, 50, hundred, and then there's different demarcations. Like, is it hundred ton inshore offshore hundred ton mat hundred ton? Um, trying to think of the other ones, but basically hundred ton stands for gross weight tonnage. So that the amount of vessel can hold is essentially what that breaks down to. So it's pretty much like you're when you when you're asking people about like oh what kind of license like what kind of license do you have you're talking about like okay in theory how many people can you can you take out kind of a thing. pretty much yeah like what size boat and then how many people can you take out because with a certificate uh, with a certificate of inspection you can take up upwards of um, however much that vessel can hold based on its gross weight you know so if you're at a 25 ton if you can hold you know. 20 people, then I guess that's the max, right? But if you get a hundred ton, like most ferries are actually built to 98 or 99 tons because there's a bigger employment pool for them to pick from hmm. versus like a master's unlimited, which is a lot harder to get, you know, and those guys usually go to the maritime Academy and whatnot, and it just becomes more difficult. So that's usually like really, really big commercial stuff. Like container ships and tugs and big, big stuff. But essentially what it is, is you just got to be on the water a lot. And then you track your hours, you take a, a course, you get a test. If you pass, yeah, you got your license. If you don't, well, I guess you get to try again. <laughs> so it's not like it's, it's like this apprenticeship thing where you have to, Mm-mm. you have to be working under an existing captain for, you know, polishing this corn no. cob pipe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Corn cob pipes, yes, hundred percent. You gotta have one. I feel, I feel like that needs to be like part of the 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 like logo for your license or something. Like, right, right, right. (laughs) Little smoke my pipe, Mm, mm, tobacco. (laughs) Oh, there we go. So, what, uh, what, what is your official captain's rating or? uh, So I got my um, when I was a junior in college, studying marine affairs at URI. I had, I was fortunate to just always be on the water since I was 10. So like actually all that time would accrue, you know? So whether you're just like on a boat working the deck versus actually behind the helm and getting some helm time to even my own personal boat, I had the opportunity to get my hundred ton masters. And actually the day I graduated um, from the captain's course, I immediately got a job because the guy who was administering the course asked like, Hey, what are you doing this summer? I need some help around here. And I was like, well, I was thinking about doing some Harbor master stuff or like just getting my foot in the door somewhere, but sure. Why not? So it was basically like 
having my license and not having a job to having a license and immediately having a job within <laughs> probably five minutes. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I worked for that company for a little while. And um, then I moved on and moved out to Hawaii and started running boats out there, which was phenomenal. Can't, can't beat that. <laughs> I was going to say, is that, is that like kind of the, the gold standard out there? Like, Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely commercial work out there, but it was funny. So my buddy, Ryan, who I just so happened to sit next to in an entrepreneurial class or a business class. And it was really the only one that I took because in my mind, just to go to business school or go get like an entrepreneurship minor is like, I don't know. I think it's kind of BS. Like you're either someone that wants to go start a business and whatnot, or you're you're probably just I don't know, stroking your ego or saying you're an entrepreneur. I don't know. That's just my now. Opinion. Now I'm gonna get angry letters from everyone that listens that graduated <laughs> with a business degree. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying. You know, I'm, I'm, joking. I'm joking. No, I'm probably gonna get. I, I usually piss some people off, but that's hey, right. if you uh, if you guys want uh, Zach's email, it's uh, <laughs> on the show notes page. <laughs> nice. Yeah, please send me an email with please. all your nasty comments. <laughs> Direct all comments. To him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I definitely think there's value in it. I just don't think it's the end all be all. You know. <laughs> um. So essentially, he was like, "All right, well, we got friendly." He was actually someone that would help out on group projects, which was like a, a thumbs up for me. Cause usually I was always the guy that got stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was next, you know, a few weeks went by, we started hanging out and then come summertime, we always went back and forth, texting each other. He's like, Hey man, I'm moving out to Arizona. I go, Arizona. He's like, all right. He's like, do you want to go? And I'm like, no, I do not want to go. It sounds hot and there's no water. I'm a coastal guy. And he goes, all right. All right. So the next day he's like, I booked a ticket to Hawaii. I'm going to move to Hawaii. And I go, Huh. All right. Let me consider it. Let me think about it. And then by the end of the night, I had booked my ticket and was moving out to Hawaii and <laughs> took all my bags and was like, all right, we're going. And and I think I moved out there October 31st. Didn't know anyone. Didn't have any idea what I was going to do. But uh, it was like, you know what? Screw it. Why not? And I immediately got a job because I had my license. And mm-hmm. um, in some cases, I was overqualified because most of the work out there was like smaller charter boats. But I mean, I got to spend hours and hours with whales and dolphins and meet people from around the world, all walks of life. You know, some folks that saved every penny to go on this charter to, you know, I met the guy who built the new Ram stadium, him and his wife booked a private charter. So like, it was, it was really cool to be able to meet and talk with all those people, you know, and it was an awesome experience. So what kind of trips would you run out there? Like what, uh, um, so the, the most popular trip we did, cause there was a, I would, I would do a little bit of fishing. I did, uh, you know, a lot of snorkeling, some diving, not a whole lot, but it was funny when I first got to the Island, it was on the big Island of Hawaii. I went to every single Island. Well, not everyone, but Maui, Oahu and, and Kona, um, the big Island and I ended up in Kona just to try them out. And to tell you the truth, Sam, I was, uh, I was actually going on the islands and picking out what gym I wanted to go to <laughs> because that would determine where I wanted to live. Because <laughs> other, other than boating, going to the gym is kind of like what I, you know, the other thing I kind of live for. So figured out that Kona was the best island, not only for work, but also for the gym that I wanted to go to. So, so ended up on Kona. And that day I went down to the Marine store with like a six pack of beer 
and put it on the front desk of the Marine store. And this is like the only Marine store on the island. I mean, Kona is a pretty small town. And then Hilo is like the city, but that's, you know, an hour and a half on the other side of the island. So if you need something boatroom related, like you're going to this store. And uh, I get put a six pack on the counter. I go, all right, man, like who needs help around here? And he kind of looks at me. He goes, where are you from? <laughs> I go, I'm from Rhode Island. He goes, Long Island. And I go, no, no, Rhode Island, Rhode Island. And uh, so we started bullshitting and he, he pointed me towards a guy named Captain Bill. And come to find out, Captain Bill is like the grumpiest guy in the whole harbor. So I don't know if he was trying to, I don't know if he was fucking with me, the guy, but he pointed me towards the grumpiest guy in the harbor. And uh, I showed up to the boat. He wasn't there. I called him, called him. He was like, show up the next day. I'm like, okay, show up. Captain Bill is like a total grouch, right? It's kind of mean, salty old dude. And I'm like, I like you, Captain Bill. I was going to say, I feel like that's what you want. That is exactly what I wanted. That is exactly what I wanted. Like, just kind of like grizzled, like kind of burnt. His sunglass tan was nice and clean, like crisp, you know, <laughs> like, ah, oh, Captain Bill, you remind me of home. And, uh, so anyway, he, he asked me one question. He's like, do you surf? And I go, um, no, not really. I mean, kind of. And he goes, all right, you're hired. And I go, what? Why? And he's like, well, if you surf, then you wouldn't have never showed up to work. I'm like, oh, uh, interesting. Interesting. Um, so it was kind of interesting. Like the, there was a lot of cultural norms that were new over there. Like, you know, people were very, very friendly here in the Northeast. It's just not, not that at all. <laughs> people are mad. People are angry. And you kind of, I always kind of akin it to like, you would have to lose someone's respect over there. And over here in New England, you have to gain someone's respect. Like you have mm-hmm. to work really, really hard versus over there. You kind of show up. And if you're a hard worker, they already like you, you know, until you're not. And then they just, they don't like you. But, you know, from there, we did a lot of manta ray trips where basically you're, you're going out at night and you usually start around like eight and then you're going till sometimes 12, one o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black out there. So we'd run the boats out. We have these big old surfboards that people hang on to and we put these lights in the middle of the surfboards and essentially you hold on Superman style with your head down and you have a float belt on and a wetsuit. And you're watching these manta rays come up because there's what's called upwelling on the islands. And all that upwelling brings up a lot of nutrients and then plankton will be attracted to the lights because they photosynthesize, photosynthesize, (laughs) tongue twister. And these manta rays are just coming up to your body and they're getting within, I don't know, two, three inches of your face. So it's like you're in an aquarium at night one o'clock in the morning, pitch black, you're seeing sharks swim underneath you, you know, bull, tiger sharks, Mm -hmm. um, nurse sharks, all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden these massive manta rays just swim into the picture. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. How big big do those things get like compared to like, you know, your arm span or something like that? You know, what are we talking? I used to know the exact, cause I used to do this whole spiel, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, ramjet force feeding and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but uh, the pelagic rays, so like the deeper water rays, they would get, I think, 20 feet in length, like width-wise, like their wings, Jeez. right? Um, so like, you know, a truck. Now, the smaller rays would be like a small car. And that's in width. Like a bigger one. That's You're saying width. that's width. That's not that's like... Width. 
That's not yeah. like tip to the long ass. Like that's the no. wings. That's the wings tip to tip. They look like B-52 bombers under the water and they're so graceful and they're, and you're not supposed to touch them, but yeah, I mean, you gotta at least try it once and they bump into you. <laughs> they bump into you. They're like this like slimy soft, like I don't even know how you really describe it, but man, I mean, I've been, I've been to SeaWorld before. I, you know, I, yeah, they feel like, uh, they feel like kind of like a dolphin, you know? Yeah. In fairness, when I when I was in Hawaii, we were on a uh, we went on a spearfishing trip, <laughs> and uh, let's just say it, it was we weren't. I wasn't informed. I wasn't supposed to touch the sea turtles. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, I went for like a full blown sea turtle ride. Nice. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> it was it was awesome. So it was I, awesome. <laughs> so you know, don't touch the manta rays. I, you accidentally bump into him. I get it. Oops. I get it. Not <laughs> yeah. that I am. I'm advocating for this. I did not know at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I, I, I know would, what you mean. Of course, I totally wouldn't have. No, absolutely not. Sea turtle Why would you I, have never seen one of these before? I, I shall not touch it. No way. No. <laughs> it's but, that's such a that's such like a human reaction though. Like I've never seen this thing. I'm gonna like I'm gonna grab it. it and let it pull me around <laughs> in the water. Like, Dude, I think it, I think it was uh, Robin Williams, who's probably by far my favorite stand-up guy in history. He's he does like this Steve Irwin um, crocodile um, crocodile, crocodile uh, hunter. No. Why do I feel like now you're making me? Did he have um, a nickname? He might yeah. have had a nickname, right? Um, Google that. Yeah, the crocodile hunter. You're the making me like hunter. doubt it. I'm like, right? All right, all right. It doesn't like, sound right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the crocodile hunter. And then like you looked at me and I'm like, uh, is it not the crocodile hunter? <laughs> is it not that? <laughs> well, he does like this bit. He's like, that's the world's most dangerous snake over there. One bite, I'll die. And then it's like, I'm gonna go touch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then here he is getting stung by a stingray. Like, I'm, come on, I'm gonna go kiss it right on the head. I'm gonna kiss it right on the head. <laughs> Have you seen have you seen his kid, by the way? Like his son? Bindi and what's his son's name? Oh, I forget. Um it but is they're like wicked into the whole like they carry Robert, on his legacy. Robert, Robert okay. Irwin. He yeah. is like a little like a clone of him. He yeah, is 100%. like coolest. Like I, I love anytime his like videos pop up on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, I will watch the hell. Cause he is like, he's just like junior clone mm-hmm. of his dad it's the cool it's the coolest thing it's so but. cool well and that like i i think i i bumped into like what it was online i bumped into um jeff corwin remember jeff corwin i know that name animal Why? planet yeah he oh had yeah show, like, yeah animal planet yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like i don't know like the crocodile hunter jeff corwin i can remember as a kid waking up and watching those guys go on these little adventures you know and i feel like now it's transitioned into some guys um who's the it's the guy who always gets stung by stuff on YouTube. Oh, geez. You yeah, know I, mean? I know who you're talking about. You know who um, I'm talking about. But like, yeah. there's, I feel like we're missing some of that in, in the world nowadays is trying to get people into conservation by showing people like what's out there, you know? And, and, and mm-hmm. that's what I think the hunting and fishing community is trying to do, right? And I, what I did every time when I was on the island and even here when I'm taking friends and family out and you know, the occasional charter, like I always try and make it say, all right, this person probably knows nothing about the ocean and hasn't had the opportunity to. And it's kind of my duty to do that for them, like to show them. Cause you know, we would take out a lot of small kids and their families and, and their, and their parents. 
And some of the kids would be so frightened of the water and just like crying and screaming. And I'd be like, come on now, like you can do it. I, I pick them up, put them in a life jacket, like just hold them in the water for 15, 20 minutes and they get comfortable. And like, wait, with head up, head above uh, or head under, under head under. Yeah. 15, 20 <laughs> just, minutes, just a like, good, a good dunking, you know, <laughs> right by the legs. Um, but it was like, I felt like I had to, I had, cause I, I was so fortunate to grow up with a family that was really into the environment and conservation and fishing and kind of like living off the land a little bit. My mom had a garden. My dad was a fisherman. Um, and so I've kind of felt like this duty to do that. And I feel like in, in some ways we're, we're missing that piece, you know, with like guys like Jeff Corwin and Steve Irwin. And, you know, there's some folks out there, but the hunting and fishing community, I feel like has stepped up nowadays and is kind of filling that void. And I just hate the fact that, you know, we, some people see it as such a negative when in reality, it's, it's actually what's paying for your, your little hiking trail down the road that it really isn't even a hike, but it gets you in the outdoors, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. it's such a catch 22, but I don't know. I can go on and on about that. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com There's something, like you said, like Steve Irwin and uh, you know all these guys, like they come at it a different way. Because, you know, we've all there's been documentaries about the outdoors and national geographic channel and this, mm-hmm. and that, whatever for, you know, years and years and years and hundreds of people have done this stuff. Yeah. But there's something so special, but I think it's, I don't know. It's like, it's their willingness to get so like down and dirty with this, you know, <laughs> like with the stuff yeah, and 100%. do shit that people would just find like crazy, that shit crazy. Otherwise, like, yeah. you know, and, and, this willingness to, to get in close. And um, it's just, it's really what makes them stand out. And I'm, I'm trying to think like who, you know, cause we have a lot of incredible representatives in the hunting industry, I feel like, mm-hmm. and, and the fishing industry, but I'm really trying to think who is almost kind of like on that level. Cause then also they're, they're so personable too. Like yeah. you can't help, but like kind of fall in love with this person. Right. And we net, we, like what's not we to needs, like? We need more of that for sure. Yeah. Like I think Ranella gets there to some extent. You know, it's like I do. yeah. I don't. A lot of anti-hunting people probably hate the fact that he hunts, but I I think they he's a personable guy. Like you can't yeah. like you talk to him for five minutes, you can't like not like him. Randy Newberg's right. a similar way, and I don't know. You know, you know the you know kind of the fishing side of things. Are there people kind mm-hmm. of? in that uh on that side of things that are similar in that way um i mean i think there's some folks on waypoint that i looked like to to tell you the truth like before i started working there um i didn't really know too too like it wasn't from like an influencer level i I didn't really know that until i started along the keel and i started coming across these people and that's kind of how the whole the podcast came to be um i think guys like you know tom roland who's been around forever Mm -hmm. he's he's pretty a, a stand-up guy in the fishing community, you know, Jonathan Moss is unbelievable. And a lot of these guys realize that 
man, if I don't actually stand up for these fisheries, if I don't do something about it and go to town hall meetings and, and fight for, you know, um, remediation and, and trying to clean up the ecosystem in our watersheds, then I'm not going to be able to take guys chartering. Mm -hmm. Like it's that simple. If we don't, if we don't protect the resource and conserve it, then we're not going to have an economy around it. You know? So it's, it's one hand washes the other and, you know, some people want to take more advantage of the fishery than others and others want to just leave it alone. But I, I read this when I was, when I was in school, like it, it really kind of all came together for me. I was doing a project and it was on um, John Muir and Gifford Pinchot and Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt is hands down the man. Like <laughs> you can't ride a moose across a river and then go with the rough riders up a hill you know, in the battle <laughs> and then also go and have your own David Boone or the, the Davy Crockett club. And like, he was just an, he was an entrepreneur. He was a war fighter. Like he was a badass. And you know, those two guys, Gifford Pinchot and John Muir kind of came together and like Gifford Pinchot is very much so a conservationist, mm-hmm. right? He started the, the U S forest service. John Muir was kind of the, the backbone for the national park system. And and as was Theodore Roosevelt, it kind of, that was kind of his idea, but Kifford Bencho was like, all right, we got to use this resource. Like we need wood and we need to have resources accessible. And John Muir was more like, well, let's not touch it. Like we got to preserve it. And I think it's like coming into that middle zone where we want to preserve areas, but we also want to conserve areas. And like the idea of conservation and how capitalism plays a role in it, I think kind of gets diluted nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, like you have, um, the Magnuson Stevens Act, which is something that on the on the water side of things that conserves the fisheries and establishes zones in the ocean, and then what was um what's the act? I always forget we've it. Got, that we've got Dingle Johnson and Pittman Robertson. Pittman Robertson, that's what I was thinking of. That you know, obviously, is is what pays for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, we've got so, we got Pittman Robertson, which is the excise tax on uh, hunting mm-hmm. I- any sort of hunting gear. So. And ammo, guns, uh, bows, arrows, all of that right. stuff. And then on, uh, there's a similar one to uh, Dingle Johnson on the fishing side of things, which I not the best name. I but. always, you know, you have to laugh. Like you have to laugh. I've gotten Dingle I've gotten Johnson. to the point now where I can say it without totally giggling, like a a 12 year old boy. <laughs> but it's just it's still like the back of my head. It's like <laughs> Dingle Johnson. <laughs> what a horrible name. <laughs> oh my gosh, that definitely did not pass. Like I feel like product names, bill names, like anything like you need to just hire like a 14-year-old boy like to be on your mm-hmm. staff and all all you do his sole job is you just send name like product name ideas to him mm-hmm. and if he laughs you're like okay, we need to continue working on all right, this. All right, we got to <laughs> like it passes the like, test. I mean, I was walking through the grocery store uh, a few months ago, and I I saw a package of aged nut cheese, you know, and it just <laughs> and I sat Bad. there for a moment and I said, "Well, Bad. there we go." That did not pass. Is that a Montana thing? Uh, I actually that was a that was a California thing, I believe, was where I saw that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> California. So, man, uh, t- although I was gonna say, tell yeah. me a little bit about the podcast. Yeah. So the podcast kind of came to be, um, man, I was, I was living out in Hawaii and I always been kind of an entrepreneurial person. 
was thinking to myself, all right, what's like the next project? And for me, I'd done Amazon businesses. I've, you know, helped folks out with a variety of different things, carpet, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I want to try and change things up. Like, I don't know if I want to be a just a boat guy my whole life, you know? And like, what's different way? Like, how can I get network? How can I get in touch with people? So kind of, um, you know, I guess selfishly, I started the podcast out of curiosity of like, what else is out there in terms of like jobs, you know, and, and, and who can I talk to and who can I get connected with and not knowing anything of where it would go or how it'd end up. And, uh, I started, you know, I interviewed three folks, you know, pitched them the idea. They said, yes. And uh, it was Rugged Seas, you, Surfboard Wax, and my good friend, uh, Graham Watson, who's an oyster farmer. So with like a $20 mic from Amazon, uh, I bought it offline. It was a USB mic plugged into my laptop. And in the third party, uh, third floor apartment building of my, you know, where I was living at the time, I started what was then called Beyond the Buoy. And then through some trademark issues and whatnot, changed the name to Along the Keel. But yeah, that was that's where the start came from. And I think we're at, I want to say 89 episodes now, 88 episodes, 89. So plugging away. Oh, yeah, yeah it's been fun being able to meet a lot of different people. No, I, I mean, I always say like, I remember when I saw like, to this day, I'm surprised I made it past episode three. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it's just like, it's kind of, you know, plugging along. I'm, I'm just always, yeah. always doing it. And it's, it's cool to well, see. Well, you're at like, like, way above 100 you're gonna right? I, i'm pretty sure you're gonna be episode 245 oh, and that wow. doesn't count that doesn't count like a handful of bonus episodes my like conservation like bonus episodes as well yeah so i'm definitely i'm probably around 275 i'd want i want to say that's impressive something like that that's and really impressive i yeah i i will say i've had probably there's been about three periods where i've gone like a month month to a month and a half without releasing typically because um i'm gonna probably blame it on a woman um <laughs> now, a woman or a job it's one it, it's one of the two is the, probably the reason i stopped releasing it in a given time yeah um, yeah i know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> my heart was broken i can't i can't <laughs> i can't talk to people can't talk to people it's just, <laughs> you know hunting reminds me of her uh, um no that was not the case uh anyway um moving on but so you know like who are some of uh you know tell us about you know who are some of the guests you've had on some maybe the notable guests what people can expect uh if they wanted to listen to along the keel yeah i mean so my whole take was i i took the idea of um really three shows and and one of them was more like format wise and so there's a show called barbell shrugged and barbell shrugged you know, kind of relates back to my, the, the, the weightlifting fitness side of me. And, uh, I've been listening to those guys since high school and I just love the way they did it. Very conversational, kind of like a round table discussion and interviewing people. So barbell shrugged was kind of like the format, uh, dirty jobs was really the content okay. because I can remember as a kid, when dirty jobs like first came out, I would actually record episodes off the TV <laughs> with like a camcorder because I love dirty jobs so much and Mike Rell and just the idea of like hard work, you know, and, and putting in time and consistency. And, you know, some of these guys, like I remember it was a, uh, he was a pig farmer in Las Vegas and it's a pretty famous episode. Like he goes there with all this, 
the slop and leftovers from the casinos and he feeds these pigs. Like, I feel like I've dogs, seen this hamburgers. one. Like, this really rings probably. a bell. Yeah, probably. Um, and I can just remember watching that episode and being like, man, that guy's a badass, And he's also a millionaire, you know, and he's a pig farmer. Like who knew? And I think it was between that barbell shrug and then another show, how I built this um, by Guy Raz, which I was actually just listening to today, which tell the stories behind businesses, you know, big, big brands, whether it be like Cliff Bar, Airbnb, Mark Cuban, like all these big guys. So I kind of took all those and I was like, man, what do I love? I love the ocean. I love business. And let me tell the stories behind people that are living their lives by the water and, and sometimes even off like inshore a little bit. Like we've had some folks on that kind of related to the ocean, but not really. But a lot of it's been, you know, brands being built by the water is kind of our bread and butter. So, you know, Bahio sunglasses. Um, I'm trying to think the qualified captain we just had on, which was cool. Aaron, um, what, the ones that we can do in person, we try. Like we'll bring our whole studio in a big Pelican case, three <laughs> cameras, like lights, the whole bit. And we'll do it where they are in their own environment. We shoot a pretty cool trailer. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been, you know, I never thought I'd be able to travel around and meet a lot of cool people. And uh, it's now become a, actually a business. So it's, I, I brought on a partner and we are like a digital agency slash podcast slash production studio and produce several other podcasts for people. And yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been fun. Like you never, I always tell people like, if you want to learn and you want to meet a lot of people, start a podcast. Cause it's like a, I call it my MBA, my free MBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you know the feeling. Oh, I mean, that, that is everyone that listen that's been listening for a while knows that is exactly why I started my podcast. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was probably like 40 episodes in before I ever went on my first hunt. Like <laughs> I, I, I just like, I'm going to start this thing because I need to meet people that know what they're doing. Cause I, I don't, yeah. I don't have that community built. So I, if I'm going to build it, I'm going to build it with some smart ass people that, that know what right. they're talking about. And yeah. uh, I've, I've interviewed some really smart people and I've interviewed some questionably smart people. Um, <laughs> we, they look smart when you first met them, <laughs> you know, and uh, I've, I've learned some, there've been a few episodes where I've looked back and I'm like, I'm really tempted to just pull that episode down. Like yeah, when it, yeah. I mean, I and we're thing. talking like years <laughs> later when I, I find out certain things about people, but I'll, sure. I'll let, I'll let my listeners guess which episodes those were. <laughs> um, gosh. And I know some people, some of my buddies that are listening that have been part of that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you probably know how it is. Like somebody that just starts hunting or just starts fishing, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as just a person that's passionate about hunting or fishing, like, mm-hmm they don't see that versus like being in the industry, you get all of the little dirty secrets and gossip and drama. It is like a lifetime movie half of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dear Lord, if you use the wrong product in front of the wrong person, Oh my God. Lord help you. Is it like That's that? Nuts. So is it like that in kind of the fishing world? Cause I know, like shoot in the hunting industry, if you wear Sitka in front of a Kuyu guy or you take mountain ops in front of a wilderness athlete guy, you're gonna uh you're gonna hear it. Oh man, you're gonna get pictures are gonna be taken, posts are gonna be made, shit's gonna mm. be talked. I would uh I don't I don't think so. It's not as cause like having like working in the hunt and fish industry now, I mean obviously I'm mm-hmm. 
way more well-versed in the fishing industry. Like that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Not as much. I mean, the hunting industry is interesting. Like I've had to learn a lot about the hunting industry, you know, with just for work purposes. And it's been interesting. I mean, it's, it's very click. It's very clicky. There's a lot of culture behind it that dates back for, I mean, shit, hundreds of years as to why things work the way they are. Like back to Teddy Roosevelt and Pincho. Back to Teddy Roosevelt. Cause he's the man, uh, um, the father of modern hunting. I mean, kind of, not, you know, not wrong. Father not of modern off. conservation. I, I'll, I'll, conservation. I'll, yes. All right. I'll talk you know, it, it's definitely not as clicky. I mean, I think when you really boil it down, when you talk about commercial fishing, it is incredibly clicky. Like what fishermen's here, what spot, like you can't fish on my spot. And in terms of guiding too, I mean, that's super, super, super clicky. Like guys will, you know, I mean, shit, I would throw lobster pots out, just my recreational pots. And then the next day they'd be gone. And fishermen would either come and cut them and just let them sink or they'd pull them up and take them. Seriously. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. So in that regard, yes. In the regard of like what gear, like if don't be caught dead wearing grunnings in, in front of guy cotton, like, no, I don't think anyone really cares about that. So, so I'm not going to start like a turf war if I show up in some huck shorts or something. <laughs> no, 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 you'll be fine. <laughs> Whatever shorts you want to wear. Could you, could you like imagine? <laughs> you just can't. You're like hopping onto a captain's boat in some huck shorts. He's like, get the book off. Get off. Get off. <laughs> well, if you have bananas, he's definitely going to say that. <laughs> no bananas on boats. No. Although I, I call bullshit. That, okay. So that's like a, I, the, let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, I completely forgot about this because this is one of those things I love. I want to hear like the, the boat superstitions, you know, like, because I know, I I know the bananas on a boat is one. I'm sure there's, Uh I'm sure there's gotta be some, a few other boat things that, uh, that us Westerners probably don't know about. I'm pretty sure whistling on a boat is a no, no. Although I've whistled on a boat and nothing's happened yet. So I've also <laughs> eaten a lot of bananas on boats and nothing's happened yet. And I've been able to fish and catch fish at the same time. But I think the super like fishermen are dead. And I'm, I'm definitely a little super, I'm a, I'm a little stitious. I'm not, I wouldn't say super stitious, but just a little, just stitious. a little bit of stitious. Yeah. Um, shout out Michael Scott. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of, the ocean's like very kind of it's romanticized a lot, and it's kind of like this always churning, never really know. No one really truly knows how to harness its, harness its power. You know, it's kind of like being on a mountain. Like you just you can feel the energy of it. I know that sounds kind of out there, but it's just something that I think everyone knows. You know, like when you're out at when you're offshore and you look around and there's nothing. Like there's no land you know, and there's 5,000 feet of water under you. Mm-hmm. You're like, huh? Yeah. I'm really small right now. This isn't, and, this is not where I belong. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm like, not, we don't, right. It was like, we don't actually belong out here. You know, like I, I may mean, feel called to come out here, but this is not where I belong. Like, right, right, right. It's like, I'm, I'm here for a reason. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, just by tradition, it, like you kind of have to be somewhat superstitious. Like, I don't well, know. It's, I, mean, it's, I think it's part of the culture and like you sure. adopt that a little bit, like absolutely to adopt that culture. Cause it's like, I've heard the banana one. What I've heard about the whistling is that it's, it's like an omen to stir up the winds or something. 
Interesting. Uh, that's right. what that's what I've heard about whistling. And it's funny. You uh, that's one thing with fly uh, fly fishermen. Mm-hmm. When you're uh, when you're out on a float trip or something, you do not say the W word. Really? Yeah, you're not allowed to say right. the W word. It's always right. always referred to as the W. Um, the W. Well, supposedly bananas, you know, because when ships would sink, but bananas float, right? So when when guys would come up to a wreck, all they would see it's was just bananas, bananas in the water, and it's just bananas. Like, I'm sure <laughs> bananas stuff, sink ships, but. But yeah, bananas sink, sink ships. Like you know, that's it. That would be okay. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna make this shirt, I'm giving it giving you the option first. I'm gonna take it. But I really think one of us needs to make a shirt that just it's just literally a black shirt with a yellow banana, and underneath it says "Bananas Sink Ships." Hey, I'll I'll throw in with one. I, I'll throw in on. Okay, that. We'll, we'll make like a co-branded T-shirt. <laughs> I, collab it's gonna be a collab <laughs> I've, I've got like this whole list man i need to just design them out do some print on demand stuff and start selling these t-shirts Dude, you should um, you should I'm, I'm although i want a royalty for that well one. we'll we'll split the we'll split the fees on that one for sure okay <laughs> um <laughs> trying to think some of the other ones i've i've seen i mean you know if we're talking like old ones you're not allowed to have women on ships but i don't think that would fly so mm. much uh today it's not as fun <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, if we know summer culture at all, if I know, if I know country girls at all, like (laughs) there's, Uh, you're on a lake drinking, uh, you know, what is that song? Don't buy me a boat. Oh yeah. The, uh, money can't buy happiness. Yeah. There you go. But it can buy me a boat. Uh, though I'm trying to think what, what are the other ones though? Uh, that I've heard there's, there's one about stepping on a boat. That you're only supposed. I've heard you're supposed to like step on with one foot or the other. Really? And then and I yeah, and some of this stuff. Who knows if this is like <laughs> this could be just me making stuff up. And then the other one I've heard is you're never supposed to change a boat's name. That is true. Okay. That is true. Yeah. Although I know a lot of people have done that, and I would probably, I'd probably abide by that one yep. if I bought a boat that had a name. All the boats that I've owned actually never had a name, and they really? still don't have a name. Yep. Nope. You nope. haven't you haven't named any of them. Haven't named any of them. Nope. Nope. I know I'm kind of boring. Yeah. Is that yeah, like? Well, I feel like that needs to be okay. Here's another. Here's your another brilliant idea for you. Okay. That needs to be uh, uh for one of your boats. That needs to be a competition on the podcast. That needs Ooh. to be like a a like and subscribe. I like kind that. of competition. And you know, but what if you I have, don't like the answer? <laughs> well, that, so what you do is you have them suggest the name beforehand. Okay. Um, you know, and and then you just cheat and pick whatever name you like the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving away secrets here, dude. I like that is some good social strategy, right? That there. is going back I'm to TikTok you. in the beginning. Be um, like, hit it, hit it up, and uh, like, like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast, and suggest a boat name, and you could, uh, you could, you could win big. And then just throw your own in there and then be like, ah, I'm going to pick my own. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a re there was like a research boat that I think it was a lot of people got behind the name Bodie McBoatface Bodie and, McBoatface. and they actually, that actually won. And then they said, we're not naming it that <laughs> there was, oh, what was it? Was it like high point or somebody? I can't even remember. Somebody re- was releasing a new gun and they did a, they did a competition to name the gun and it was like, it was something 
I got to look this up right now. I'll give it to you know, people on social can be so freaking creative. Like if you go through the comments on some of these posts, they're absolutely hilarious. Like the amount of stand-up comedians out there that could just like crush who are just behind their keyboard, keyboard warriors. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty funny shit. It was High Point. Okay, I just found it. It was High Point. They did a competition to name the gun. Who won? Name name the nine. They were coming out with a new nine mil. And apparently the highest vote was the Yeet Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for, if I remember correctly, and somebody could probably correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember correctly, they like named it. It like got named. And yeah. everyone's like, yeah, it's the Yeet Cannon. Like that one. And then they, I can't remember if they just picked something else or they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And there was such an uproar that I'm pretty sure they went back and it's like they uh, it's officially named the Yeet Cannon, but they call it the YC nine. Oh, my um, God. If I remember correctly, I'm sure somebody will somebody will let me know if I'm the wrong. Yeet but cannon. yeah, the high point YC nine. the Yeet oh cannon nine mil. <laughs> I hope they got a lot of followers out of that one. <laughs> I mean. That is like servicing your clientele there, though. Like, oh my god, it's it's brilliant. Because, like, honestly, like, who's gonna, who's gonna, what's the downside of that? Okay, yeah, right. it's got a goofy name, but really, like, if you're an established brand, what's the downside? None, none. I mean, you were just talking about nut cheese and Dingleberry exactly. Johnson or whatever his name was. <laughs> like, like, how how bad could it really be? You know. Exactly. I mean, you know, you may end up with the boat named to the bass hole, but you know, well, there's a boat in Wickford Harbor called the butt snorkeler. So I think that, uh, that probably pretty much tops it for me. It's just, that's interesting. I feel like, you know, it's, it's like license plates, you know, where they, I know in light, when you get a new license plate, they like check to make sure it's Mm -hmm. not anything dirty. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised, you know, they definitely don't have that with boats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not the, Anyway. I want to hear a funny license plate story. So I was on the big island and I got an offer because I have my I shipped my truck out there. And it's the same truck that I have now. And this and I had my Rhode Island plates. Okay. Never decided to change them. I was trying to get away with it as, as long as I could. And all of a sudden I get this note coming back from you know the boat and there's a note on my windshield and it's this guy with his number and name saying, Hey, I'm interested in your license plates. And I go, all right, this is weird. I'm going to call okay. just to think, find out. Yeah. It was this like weird, like Russian, Eastern European guy. Yeah. It picks up the phone and he offers me avocados and bananas for my license plate because he's like apparently a collector and mine are super rare. <laughs> <laughs> I give you, I give you I give three you, camels for your, dude, for your license literally. plate. <laughs> and I, I was like, no. And he was like, okay, I give you two bags of avocados. And he like, he kept on upping the amount of food. And I'm like, dude, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I need my plates and bananas for your license plate. Yeah, I mean, now exactly. if you could have worked out a deal where it was like a consistent, like uh, a, weekly a delivery of oh, avocados and bananas, then, then that may have been worth selling the plates and, and re-registering in Hawaii. But and not a bad idea. It's not a bad <laughs> idea. And I could have resold the, the bananas and avocado. All right, I see. Note, note to self: there note is a self. Rhode Island license plate market. Uh, mm. If if you're down with the avocados and bananas, you know, Pick get yourself up. a Rhode Island license plate on <laughs> on eBay. 
Absolutely brutal. <laughs> oh dear lord. So man, uh if folks wanted to uh wanted to find you online, follow along with uh, the adventures, check out the podcast, where can they find uh find all of your stuff? They can find it. I mean, obviously everywhere you listen to any podcast, um, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Waypoint, all those places. And then you can also find us on alongthekill.com. Along the Kill is for all our social LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, all that. That's pretty much it. Sign up for our newsletter. All that jazz. Yeah. All right, man. I will make sure those get linked on the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this. I uh, I think I timed that just right, finishing <laughs> off my finishing off my beer. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I, I'm a lightweight the these days. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'm... Uh, no, we're in a new month now. So this is like... Oh, number one. I, I think I had two last month. So this is definitely number one uh, Number one for this month. Go I, easy. I've got right? like a quota of, of three more. Man, I'm hitting it early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got to knock this one out, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you, Sam, for having me on and uh, look forward to the next one. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Big thank you to Zach for hopping on. Really enjoyed that conversation. (laughs) A little bit of fun, just kind of bullshitting around. Y'all, that'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.